is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 584, recorded on Wednesday, April the 27th, 2022. Welcome to the program, everybody, to the rather unusual Wednesday night recording. Um, It just, things got a little busy over the last little bit, and we we couldn't get her done before this. So that's that's why we are here. But uh, we are here now to talk about some Walking Dead stuff, and there's some exciting news to talk about. But news? There's news. There's news. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Jason, how are you doing this week? I'm recovering. I uh, I recently had a bout of COVID. Oh, no. Oh, so, no. yeah. So, <laughs> a week off. I'm, I'm fairly sure that it came home with my son from school because he and I both had COVID, and luckily my uh, wife did not get it. But we are all negative now, which is great. He's back to school. Everything's all back to normal. I'm just uh, got some lingering sleepiness and uh, a cough, that persistent cough that just won't go away. But that's it sucked ass. Yeah, the this, uh, experience it, was not very good. It was not fun. It was different. I can yeah. tell you, you know, I've been sick a lot in my life. Well, not a lot, but I've, you know, I've had colds. I've had the flu. I've had food poisoning. Uh, I've thrown up for no apparent reason. I've had headaches for no apparent reason. Syphilis, gonorrhea. I mean, all those things, right? <laughs> Gonococcal urethritis. Yeah. You know, you know, the whole gambit of things, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but this was different. It was a different kind of sick. So. Really? Uh, it was the same symptoms, right? You know, your, your stomach's upset, uh, you have a headache, you have a cough, you're extremely lethargic and tired. Uh, but, uh, you know, just the, the oddly odd combination and, uh, you know, the, the tone of the illness was different. So at least hmm. that was novel. It's like, oh, this is a different kind of sick. At least that's interesting. Okay, so so you could at least take something out of that, I suppose. Yeah, and as long as I had, uh, you know, four to six hours of naps per day, uh, everything was fine. No mostly. trouble no trouble breathing or anything like that for you? It was shortness of breath a little bit if I climbed a couple of flights of stairs, but, that, you know, that's not abnormal for me, really. So uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I could tell that there was... Um, you know, coughing and a little bit of a shortness of breath, but nothing too uh, drastic. Nothing major. That's that's great. Well, I'm and my voice went down. I was apparent uh, according to my wife. I was talking in a lower register than normal. Well, I can still hear it a little bit, honestly, in your voice. I think really, you're not, okay. yeah, you're not quite out of that yet. Yeah. Well, listen, I am glad to hear you're doing better, and uh, you know that you were. Willing to mention it on the air here, because really that's the main reason we've been delayed. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't <laughs> do Monday. Honest. I was just, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't pull it together. Yeah. Because it was my first day back to work after a week. Yeah. And uh, it just knocked the shit out of me. I was just like, fuck it. I am crashing, going to sleep. Yeah. I mean, y- you must have picked it up, likely, like you said, from your son who probably picked it up at his school. Uh, but you must have picked it up shortly after we recorded you know, our, our feedback show or, or maybe even before, and then that it just sort of the symptoms hit you after, uh, which is lucky Thursday, right? Yeah. That Thursday, I felt really crappy that Thursday. I recall. Okay. Uh, I didn't sleep well the night before. I don't know what it was, but I, that Thursday was, was really bad. Um, so I'm not sure if that was 
related or not, but I felt really crappy that Thursday, I recall. I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if it wasn't, but I was going to say it's sort of lucky we got through that and then you managed to get sick and, uh, you know, able to take a week, almost two weeks off and feel better. So the yeah. timing, you know, the COVID timing wasn't terrible. I'm just going to say it's that. not terrible. It's not terrible. Yeah it, yeah. it kind of inserts itself and says that, no, you're dealing with me now yes. for a while. But luckily that, uh, that happened at, uh, you know, maybe it listens to the podcast. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it, maybe it's a sentient, uh, you know, virus. God, at this point, who the hell knows? Some some variant is is going to take over the world more than it already has. Yeah, the AI variant is, uh, is right. what we're looking at now. That's the bad one. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm glad to f- glad to hear you're feeling better, and that everyone at home is feeling better, and that Jenny never yeah, got yeah. it. You know, that's yeah. good. Yeah, she got lucky. That is good. Anyhow, um. We are going to be talking about Fear the Walking Dead here, two episodes of it. But there's a couple of things I want to address just before we get started. Number one is that we do have some additional feedback about the Walking Dead main show um, that I sort of do want to get to. But in an effort to stay a little bit more current, I'm going to hold on to that for a little while. We'll maybe address it once season seven of fear wraps up you know sort of take a look back maybe at the the uh mid mid season finale of the walking dead so we'll get to that in a number of weeks um but i just wanted to throw that out there in case anyone was wondering you know why their feedback didn't make it on the show some of it's come in after we recorded that's the main reason but we're gonna hang on to that we'll get to it if we can and then more than one person jason wrote in asking us about or asking for our thoughts on how we think the main show is going to wrap itself up. Um, We had a bit of a conversation about that in the last episode with our last um, caller who was talking about it and just about, you know, information from the other shows and how it's all working together and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think that's something we can consider doing just a little bit of a prediction or a speculation podcast at some point before the final block of episodes comes back in the fall. So we got a little bit of time to do that and maybe also think about it a bit. But if you're looking for that, um, let's pencil it in for some time over the summer and maybe we'll, we'll do that. I I have two, two ideas already. I mean, the first idea is obvious. They're going to, they're going to start a pickle farm. Uh, okay. So they're going to raise cucumbers and they're going to make pickles and they're going to can them and jar them and, uh, you know, ship them around the world. And then they're going to, uh, the second thing is they're going to get a factory going because uh, they've identified a need in the zombie apocalypse that is sorely lacking at the moment. So they're going to start a dental floss factory oh. to, uh, to supply, resupply the world with, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic dental floss. Oh, very Maybe good. even mint flavored. <laughs> Post-PADF, post-apocalyptic. Yeah dental floss. <laughs> so those are my two ideas. I'm, okay. Uh, I can probably come up with some more when we actually talk about it. All right, good. I mean, feel free to flesh those out and maybe come up with a few more. Uh, I'll, we'll do that in the summer. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. All right. Excellent. Well, good. Um, now, there is some news that we need to address first off, and I'm going to do this because it's fun. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is, of course, breaking news, Jason. This just came, this dropped today. Wow, today. Today, just earlier today, this news came out. And 
I think you're going to be surprised. You're going to be shocked by this news. I'm going to put my coffee down so put, I don't spill it. Sit down, put your coffee down, like prepare yourself. Okay, I've paid for the whole seat, but I'm only going to use the edge. All right, very good. Today, AMC confirmed, Jason, that Melissa McBride, the actress who plays Carol on The Walking Dead, uh-huh. is out of the Carol and Daryl Variety Hour spinoff show. Holy fucking shit. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> she is she, not going to be on that show. Huh. I guess it wasn't set in stone, which means nothing is set in stone, which means can you believe anything that anybody says ever? I question reality. Well, listen, I'm going to read the statement here from an AMC spokesperson. Uh, he or she said, Melissa McBride has given life to one of the most interesting, real, human, and popular characters in the Walking Dead universe. Unfortunately, she is no longer able to participate in the previously announced spin-off focused on the Daryl Dixon and Carol Peltier characters, which will be set and filmed in Europe this summer and premiere next year. Relocating to Europe became logistically untenable for Melissa at this time. We know fans will be disappointed by this news, but the Walking Dead universe continues to grow and expand in interesting ways, and we very much hope to see Carol again in the near future. Okay, so there's a fair bit to unpack there. Number one, oh, yeah, Carol's not going to be on the show about Carol and Daryl. So that I can handle. You know, fine, things happen, things change, plans change, you know, people's lives change. That's okay. Um, number two, set and filmed in Europe. Uh-huh. The show, <laughs> apparently, okay. the show is taking place in Europe. Not the United States, not North America, but Europe. Yeah. Which means Daryl has to get to Europe. Uh, Yeah. Was he going to take the, the giant eagles from Lord of the Rings? I mean, they could get him over there. I guess. I mean, I suppose he has to take a boat. There's no you other way. You have to way. talk him into it because those eagles, uh, they don't just do anything anybody asks them, right? They have to, uh, you, you really have to negotiate with them. All right. Well, let's say they do that. Or okay. maybe he just takes a boat. But what do you think about the fact that we're going to Europe? I mean... The first thought that comes to mind for me is that there is some sort of tie-in here to the world beyond post-credit scene that takes place in France. Well, obviously, yeah. So that's that's the thing is they're definitely tying into that because they have to, right? Yes. That's the only that's the only real connection we have. So were they always going to Europe? Because the 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 one word that I I focused in on that concerns me greatly is that Melissa McBride is unable to participate in uh, this spinoff show. And that concerns me because if this is something, is this if this is a move from North America for filming in Georgia to filming in Europe, that's one thing. She's If she's not able to accommodate, does not want to accommodate, uh, whatever. She's not Sigourney Weaver. She's not able to pull things uh, to uh, North America. All the uh, Aliens movies uh, that she was in were filmed in England originally, and she went over there to film them. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, in the last movie, The Alien Resurrection, she basically didn't want to do any more. She didn't want to play Ripley anymore, uh-huh. but they drove a dump truck of money up to her door and said, we'll give you $18 million. And she said, fine, I'll do it, but you have to film it here. Okay. And so they moved the whole production to LA to film it there. Wow. Uh, so she's not Sigourney Weaver. She's not going to be able to pull that kind of thing. So if the production was originally set 
to film in North America and then it moved to Europe and she said, fuck you, that's fine. But if it was always meant to be in England and then now for some reason, Melissa McBride is unable to participate in that for whatever reason, uh, I'm worried. You're thinking that something has changed and she, she can't do it for, for whatever reason, possibly a, a, not a positive reason. Yes. I'm, I'm concerned about a health related reason that okay. has creeped up. That is, you know, changed her perspective on whether or not she wants to do this. Interesting. And that worries me. Well, I mean, the, 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 the wording here is she is no longer able to participate in the previously announced spinoff. And then later it says, uh, Europe relocating to Europe became logistically untenable for Melissa at this time. Yeah. I mean, that could just mean she doesn't want to be away from her family for that long, right? Like, could. Takes a long I, time I to hope film that's a it. show. I hope yeah. she just changed her mind and said, nah, fuck it. I'm doing something else. Or I'm doing nothing. I don't, you know. Right. Maybe she's, uh, she's gotten to a point in her life and her career where she just doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, fair enough. So. We've all been there, right? <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> Everything except the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll keep the paycheck, but I just don't want to do the job anymore. How does, how's that going to work? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, I thought that was rather surprising that it's going to be taking place in Europe. Uh, and I know some people speculated, us included, that some of these spinoff shows were just uh, an elaborate ruse by AMC to trick us into thinking that certain characters will survive and then they might not. I think this kind of means that that is not the case. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't make this kind of announcement if this actually wasn't real. Not that I ever really thought it wasn't, but I feel less like that now. Um, and then the other thing I thought of is how does this impact what happens in the final eight episodes of the main show? Because I had this assumption that the something was going to be was going to happen in one of these episodes that kind of launches these characters off into this spin-off show. Yeah. But now if she's no longer in it, the main show's finished filming. I didn't tell her off off screen. It's in post production. I mean, are they gonna have to is it too late to change something if she's not gonna no. continue working in the Walking Dead universe? Nah, one line. They'll just do one line in the uh, the spinoff show to account for it. I'm going to drag this back to Alien again. Because look at the, you know, at the end of Aliens, the second one, you know, Newt and Ripley and um, what's his name? Ian Holm got into the, it wasn't Ian Holm, it was um, the other guy. Ian Holm died in the first one. Uh, the android guy. So they went into cryosleep uh, for a long time and then they got picked up. And in the third movie, uh, they both died. Right. Uh -huh. Cry asleep. Right. So Newt they just killed a little girl, whatever, uh, you know, off screen. And it was one line. She didn't survive and they moved on. Right. So they had this, this, this perfect package, right? They had uh, the end of aliens. They had the, the, the hero of the movie and her, uh, you know, two companions all in cryo sleep, this whole nice package to hand it off to whoever was going to do the third movie. And whoever did the third movie went, nah, I'm not doing that. Nope. Just so, you know, killing somebody off, you know, off screen, it's been done before. It's no big deal. Yeah. I just, I'm, I, I don't think they, they, I don't think it's that though. Like, I feel like there would be something, they would make 
there'd be a plot point that would force these characters away, like send them off on their own, right? On the road. And I thought, I assumed we would kind of see that happen in the main show, whether it happens in episode 21, like I predicted, or episode 24, like you predicted. Right. Um, who knows? But you can't have that anymore, right? You can't have Daryl and Carol leave and say, we're going here for some reason. And then Daryl shows up and she's not around. But to your point, I guess you can because they can explain it away somehow. Yeah. She didn't make it. She didn't make it. Yeah. That, you know, one line done. She didn't make it. You know, if it, it if the whole thing is taking place in, in, uh, in Europe and he has to cross the water, uh, you know, maybe they, they took a couple of kayaks and they try to, uh, you know, paddle across the ocean. People have tried that shit before. It doesn't usually work out. <laughs> they didn't make it. No, because there's freaking Kraken out there. The Kraken will get you in a kayak if you go in the ocean. Ooh, geez. Uh, that's, that's, you know, uh, you know, the, the tectonic plates, which are uh, slowly splitting North America and Europe apart, uh, you know, in the middle of the Pacific ocean, there's a giant crack there and that's where they get the Kraken from. Cause the Kraken comes out of that crack and, uh, uh attacks boats, especially small boats. Yeah. So that, that's why they make boats so big for the Atlantic ocean, because small boats, the Kraken will get you. They, they want to say no to crack. You just say no to Kraken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it. All right. <laughs> well, so, listen, I don't know. I think this is all very confusing now and Melissa McBride is stepping away. It's. I, I wonder, I wonder how far along this show really was, you know, it was announced two years ago, over two years ago, I think. Wow. Yeah. And, um, all of a sudden she can just walk away. So I wonder if she was ever officially signed on to anything or, or not. I, I don't know. I hope, I hope it's a, it's a, it's a personal decision uh, that she made in order to do this. Uh, I hope it's not, uh, you know, as they alluded to, she's uh, no longer to a- no longer able to uh, relocate, uh, and I hope it's not for health reasons. I, right, uh, that's Me my too. biggest concern at this point is that uh, I hope she's okay. Okay, well, that's very uh, thoughtful of you, and I, I agree. But anyways, now we just have the Daryl by himself variety hour coming up. Yeah, that's fine. They can fill, you know, if they're going to if they're going to Europe, they just fill the role with somebody with a different accent. I think that's great. There you go. All right. Well, at least you don't we... even have to change the character or the lines or anything. You just, you know, find <laughs> another, find somebody with uh, whatever accent that they need, whatever local accent where they're filming, then uh, away they go. Drop character in here. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty big news. We'll see where this all goes. Um, they also said, you know, filming, what does it say? Filming this summer for release next year. So we still have a ways to go before we're going to, we're going to see any of it, but it's going to be different than we, what we thought. Is Tunisia in Europe or is that considered, I guess that's Africa, right? Yes. Yeah. So, okay. All right. That's too bad. Cause that would have been okay. Yeah. Well, no, they're not going there. I bet you they're going to France. You think they're going to actually film in France though? Well, they're actually filming in Europe. It says here set and filmed. So they're, they're moving their. Well, you're the production of this. They might be, you know, in English production, but set in French, France. Oh yeah. I I mean, I mean, it's story in story. I bet you they're going to be in France. So yeah, I would think so. I don't know. I didn't know Daryl spoke French. Uh, No, he's just learning American sign language and now he's got to learn French. (laughs) We could learn French sign language. Maybe he's just a, a linguistically talented guy and he has no trouble learning new languages. I can't imagine why not. Yeah. All right. 
Okay, well, let's move on into Fear the Walking Dead, Jason. So, as you know, as everyone knows, the second half of Fear Season 7 has started. Uh, there have been a couple of episodes on the air. I think the third one is on AMC Plus already. But we are going to talk about Episode 9, which was called Follow Me, and Episode 10, called Morning Cloak. Morning with an O-U-R. Mm-hmm. Two episodes to bring us back into fear. I think these two episodes, Jason, are similar in a lot of ways to each other, to be honest. I think you're pronouncing it wrong. Uh, you, you keep saying ep- episode, but I, I think it should be pronounced webisode. Because these two <laughs> were basically long webisodes, uh, it felt like. All right. I mean, would you argue that one or both of them are, if not, bottle episodes kind of similar to bottle episodes they were bottle episodes absolutely i think the first one was the one about alicia i think for sure because it was just her primarily and this other guy you know really one primary location and that's it the second one that focused on charlie less so they moved well, around they a little talking bit about strand but they didn't show him that's I weird mean, for crying out loud it was a, yeah absolutely a bottle episode all right. Well, I was thinking that, but I was also thinking these two are similar in, in other ways because they both introduce a new character whose purpose seems to be just to push the development of one of our existing characters a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, both of these new characters died at the end of these episodes. And at least from my perspective, did we really learn that much about the other character? Not really. Uh, I don't no. think. So, okay, so we're going to talk about these together so I can just kind of interject uh, anything about any episode. Yeah, I mean, I have notes separately, but we can kind of just talk about them together for sure. Uh, I think that I think that'll work. So was it just me or was the second episode Romeo and Juliet? The second episode was definitely a teenage love story. Uh, a little you know, bit Romeo. Two houses opposing yeah. each other, the star-crossed lovers. And as soon as they got together, I'm like, oh, it's Romeo and Juliet. They're both going to die. Uh, <laughs> yeah they're both gonna die one of them already is <laughs> one of yeah one of them died the other one they said she was gonna die but i don't she hasn't died yet no on her way though as far as we should be or have been led to believe um but both i thought of these episodes drop us the viewer into situations with very little context especially the first one the alicia one because we she she just wakes up in this mysterious old house there's no context given for why she's there, how she got there, what she's doing there. But she finds this guy named Paul and we're introduced to him playing loud classical music and almost getting eaten by a zombie because he can't hear the zombie coming. And it's not due to the music. It's due. It's because he is deaf. Yeah. Uh, so I got a couple of, <laughs> couple of issues. Yeah. So he says he hasn't heard anything in years. Yes. But he was wearing a hearing aid. He was. So, which is it? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> which is it? And then he says the house is completely soundproof. Nobody can hear anything. And in the very next shot, she hears horses outside. Yep. From that they didn't move. Nobody took a step from where he when he said the house is completely soundproof. Nobody, I can play the music as loud as I want. And then she hears horses. She goes to the window and moves a small little panel. <laughs> Which, you know, shows uh-huh. the window. That house was not soundproof. No. And then when 
uh, Arno comes to the door. It's just a normal wooden door, normal windows in this house. There's nothing soundproof about it. Well, you know, if somebody's going to get the fact that a house is soundproof wrong, it's going to be somebody with a hearing problem. I guess so. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah. So uh, the consistency around this episode so far, when like this was early on in the episode, uh, was a little bit jarring. Like yeah. it just the, the consistency was not there. It's like this house is completely soundproof. <gasps> I hear something outside. <laughs> That's right. What? What? <laughs> and then you're right. Paul goes to the door and answers it, and he stands there and he has a normal conversation with Arno. Obviously, he can hear him. Yeah. And and like, it, you know, it it sounds like we're making fun of this guy uh, for having a hearing disability, but we're not. It just within no, the no, con- they set the rules. I'm making fun of the rules of the universe. They set the rules. Uh, you know, they set things up and they are not following their own rules. That internal consistency drives me fucking crazy Yeah, when they don't stick to it. I mean, they barely even set it up, right? They just say things and then like the next line count contradict them. Like it's just so dumb and so the writing is just so bad. You know, I, I don't understand it. Um, even the way this episode ends and the way Paul dies in the end, I think is just just weird and ridiculous and maybe we'll get to that but no that was the best part of the whole episode standing first there of all they they had Chekhov's bagpipes uh-huh. which is fine right <laughs> yeah. but the best part of this episode is like 99.99999% like six fucking nines uh, a percent of the time you hear bagpipes they are made to be a joke they sound like shit the drones are crappy. The chanters, it's all squealing and screeching and stuff. It's made to, it's presented as this awful instrument <laughs> yeah. that just sounds really uh, like a bag of fucking garbage. Uh-huh. I personally love the bagpipes. I played in a pipe band for years. Uh, these pipes, when he was playing them, he was obviously not playing them because you do not just pick up a set of pipes and play. Sure. I've tried. It's not possible. No. You pass out. Because it takes a lot of friggin' breath control and a lot of power of in your breath to get that, even to even get the drones going. But these bagpipes sounded good. Okay. The drones were in tune. The chanter sounded nice. He was playing Scotland the Brave, a slight variation of Scotland the Brave. I was all on board with the sound of these pipes. It was the best thing in this show. Okay. The, the scene where he, you know, obviously when you're playing pipes and someone sneaks up on you with a friggin' you know, gun to your, the back of your head, you're not going to hear them because they're fucking loud. Sure. <laughs> you know, there's no, that's no such thing as quiet bagpipes. No. Like, well, they're just, they're goddamn loud. Yeah. He plays them so Alicia can escape. He sacrifices himself at the end so she can escape Arno, who's come there to get her. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say that um, 99.9999% of the time when you hear someone playing bagpipes, you want to kill them. <laughs> No, no, I love the bagpipes. I want you know, for years, uh, I've every summer I say, we're going to Highland Games. Mm-hmm. We're going to go see, you know, true Highland Games that are uh, with competition. And we're going to go hear what bagpipes are supposed to sound like. Right. And every year we've, we don't for whatever reason, but this year we are. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to go. I love, I miss playing in... Uh, competition pipe bands. We'd go around and play, uh, you know, competitions all the time. I was a snare drummer, but just hearing a drum line and the, uh, you know, uh, a circle of pipers, it just, uh, it just, it, it's just a beautiful thing to behold. About 10 pipers is the magic number. 
Okay. Right? One piper, lone piper playing, it's all nice and good. But when you get 10 pipers together, it's just, it just sends shivers down your spine when you have a good pipe band at about that number of pipers. Yeah. It's just a magical thing. I love it. Well, I would go to that with you. So maybe we should make that happen someday. We should make that happen. All this, right. There's stuff that's close. Fergus, uh, Georgetown, uh, uh, I think, uh, Guelph has a games. Uh, there's lots of games out there. Lots of good ones. Okay. Well, let's, let's do it someday. Uh, but listen, uh, Alicia meets up with this guy, Paul, she breaks his stereo. He makes her go out to try and find a new stereo for him. It all just seems sort of small and weird. And I don't know why I'm, I'm watching this, but upon thinking about it, I guess that Paul sort of becomes a sounding board for her in a way to sort of talk to about things he sort of acts as her conscience i think puts her feelings and thoughts into words the way she can't like he's that kind of character you know yeah uh, just just to to vocalize what the show wants us to know about alicia at this time and in this moment but what I really didn't like is how it sets up this missing time for her. You know, he says she's been out for two days, something about, uh, does he say he found her in a mall? I forget. No, it was in a barn. Oh, in a barn. Yeah. Sorry. In a barn. It's and sort she's of like, like a mall, but for yeah. horses. <laughs> it's a mall for horses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but she, she's like, I have no recollection of any of that. And I'm like, okay, well. I don't know. For some reason, I felt like that's the story I wanted to see. Not so much this one, but we don't well, get it. Well, it was a joke because, you know, what do you say to somebody who comes into a, a, a house or someplace and they don't close the door? Yeah. So, yeah. Were you born in a barn? Yeah. Close the door. So they found her in a barn. First thing she does when she wakes up, she closes the door. Okay. Well, right? hilarious. So, it was a joke, I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but that's, I mean... I don't know, but I just didn't find any of this really all that fascinating. And then the, the other thing that, that we get in this episode is um, this whole dream concept of hers. So it, the, the episode kind of focuses on this a little bit. And she has this dream where she is following this walker. It kind of talks to her, says, follow me. And this relates to her desire to get to Padre, right? Where she thinks it's going to be safe. But in the end of the episode, the dream changes and it's herself in the dream that she's following. And I guess this is just a representation of, oh, you know what? Alicia doesn't need to follow anyone else. She can follow her own, you know, uh, she's a leader in her own way mm -hmm. and the people will follow her and she needs to get back to her people and she can lead them to safety. So that's great and all, uh, but a whole episode to tell us that it I don't it was know. a webisode. Was, I'm telling you, these yeah. both were, you know, could have been condensed down to five minutes vignettes. I, 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 you know, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I think you might be right. Like this was, this was <laughs> internet webisode level quality, yeah. not broadcast TV quality. Absolutely. Yeah. It was other than the bagpipes. Uh, this was shit. I mean, not, 
you know, nothing wrong with like the acting or anything like that. I still think Alicia Debnam Carey is fine. She does a good job, you know, on yep. this show generally. The dude who played Paul, whose name I don't know, unfortunately, he was fine. I thought he was he was quite good, actually. And hey, man, I'm on board with your bagpipes thing. So that's great there. Yeah, he was a reverse Chewbacca. I've nailed it. I've been trying to figure out what... Uh... Uh, you know, she, he's the sounding board yeah. for Alicia. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Chewbacca listens to Han Solo. And I'm sure Han Solo talks to him all the time uh, and, you know, figures things out. But Chewbacca, uh, Chewbacca, Chewbacca, you know, has a speech impediment and can't speak English. Right. Well, so, it's not a speech impediment. He speaks a different language. No, it's a speech impediment. According to the books, uh, the other uh, the other Wookiees can speak English. And the only reason Chewbacca can't speak uh, common is that he has a speech impediment. Really? I think so. Yeah. I, I think, don't know if it's canon anymore, but it was in the previous block of canon books. That's the way it worked. Oh, weird. Okay. Anyway, uh, so he, you know, he's the reverse Chewbacca. Uh, you know, he, uh, he can talk, but uh, he has a hard time with uh, hearing. Sure. Okay. Well, why so not? So he's a sounding board. You know, she, uh, she talks to him. She figures things out. Uh, they figure out things together. And uh, uh, ultimately, he sacrifices himself for, uh, for her. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, you know, Chewbacca, it's the other way around. Sorry, spoiling Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, well, that's all right. Everyone's seen it, right? Yeah. And if you're, if you're going to see Star Wars, you've seen Star Wars. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, anyways, that's, that's what it comes down to. You know, she wakes up, she goes through this experience with him and it, <laughs> it changes her into becoming more of a leader, which I feel like there's probably more interesting and better ways to do that. Or f- to be honest, she was already there. I mean, Alicia has led people. She she has made tough decisions. She's done all the things that leaders do. I don't know why we needed to go through this leader creation episode for a character who's already there. That That's another thing. Like, it just didn't feel necessary. Um, and despite Paul and her doing a good job here, the story just didn't do anything for me. And I don't feel like it advanced anything. It didn't tell us anything new about Alicia, really, which as I said off the top is I think what these two episodes are, are trying to do for the two characters that they focus on. I guess the only other question I have about this is in her dream, in Alicia's dream, there was a little girl with a mask on. We never see her without the mask on. So at one point she helps Alicia up off the ground. And then at the end, she appears from behind Alicia's group of friends, which is all the other main characters that are, you know, this is the only appearance they make in the episode, in this dream sequence, the girl kind of walks out from behind them. So who is this girl? Is this Alicia as a child? Why yeah. would it be Alicia as a child? Like, what does that mean in the context of this? Uh, you know, being helped by yourself, but in an unexpected way. Okay. I, I don't know. Yoda? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm really not Star Wars. sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was a dream. I assumed it was her. Yeah, I I, I have no reason to think it is her, but also no reason to think it's not. The other thought that occurred to me is we know Madison is coming back to this show. Is this some kind of mother-daughter symbolism going on here, right? Not that Alicia has kids, but Alicia's mother is coming back. Uh, We don't don't know the details around that, but is is this related to that in some way thematically? I don't know. It could be, and that could be an interesting factor here. Uh, you know, this was the one interesting thing that I thought of, 
was, you know, she's learning to stop listening to her mother's voice, her brother's voice, other yeah. people's voices, and listen to her own voice. All of a sudden, their mom shows up again. It's like, ah, shit. Now, I, now I'm going to listen to my mom's voice again, right? It's going to fuck with her shit. Mm. So uh, I thought that would that could be an interesting kind of storyline. F- like Madison comes back, yeah. but uh, Alicia refuses to listen to her and let her be the leader that she was before. See, I think that is that could be interesting, right? I think you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. I think the dynamic between those two characters when Madison does show up again shouldn't just be kind of back to the way it was, right? And I mean, there's just no way it can be. When this show started, Alicia was a teenager and, you know, she was a teenager in a teenager type relationship with her mom. Things have changed since then. So we can't go back to that. And if there's some tension between these two, I think uh, that's going to be essential and hopefully interesting to watch. I don't really know how this you know, scene with this girl in the gas mask plays into any of that other than if it's supposed to, it just kind of reminds us that, you know, mother, daughter, the mother is coming back and we'll see it sometime. But, you know, otherwise I'm not sure what they were getting at with that little girl. Yeah. So, um, the, the episode ends with, uh, I think Arno and one of his other people at this giant crater filled with walkers, that I guess was created by one of the bombs. I would assume so, except that I have several problems with it. One is, wouldn't that be the one place where there would be nobody? Like the, the zombies are going to turn around and go, yeah, I'm going to go that way now. Well, didn't they make a comment in here about the zombies all just fell in and they've been sort of falling in and collecting in this giant crater? Like the zombies aren't going to turn around and go the other way. People maybe. Well, the nuclear blast would have killed anything, like eradicated all of the zombies within a, you know, the blast radius. Yeah. Uh, so where are these zombies coming from? Well, they're somewhere just else, w- I guess. Wandering around from somewhere else and falling in. Yeah. It's been a long time since the zombie apocalypse. Uh, do we really, like, did a herd walk by and fall in maybe? I guess. I, I don't know. I just, I have a hard time believing that in the one place where... Uh, a large explosion would have eradicated all uh, living and non-living things from uh, a, a given area. This is the place. Yeah. Right. And this also happens to be the one place where uh, the undead are congregating. It just, it struck me as a little odd. And and why would anyone go near it? Right. Like that's, that's where things are going to be the absolute worst radiation wise and stuff like and- that. And why would these two shitheads go there? It's like, let's go to ground zero. That could be cool. That's what I mean. Yeah. Why would they go anywhere near this thing? Yeah. So none of it makes any sense. However, I think this crater is going to play an important part in the next uh, group of episodes for the end of this season. I don't know what that is, but they introduced it and then they reference it in the next episode as well. So whatever, I have a theory. whatever's going on, this crater is going to be, you know, involved. So maybe this crater wasn't, uh, you know, the blast ground zero for one of the nuclear devices. Maybe it was near one of the uh, the nuclear devices that kind of stripped all the topsoil off of an alien mothership that was sitting in the ground for uh-huh. a couple of thousand years. And then once the topsoil was off uh, and the, uh, the spacecraft shook around a little bit, all the little tiny aliens went, fuck, 
let's go. And then they buggered <laughs> off, leaving the large crater uh, where the uh, the large alien ship was. It always comes back to alien, aliens, eh? Yeah, there's no dinosaurs. Uh, well, maybe, okay, so the aliens were dinosaurs, right? Because that makes mm. a lot of sense, right? So, you know, if you're going to have dinosaurs, they, that's where they went. They didn't all die off because of a large uh, blast or a large uh, meteor that hit the earth. It was like, oh shit, here comes a meteor. Let's go. And the and all the dinosaurs got in their spaceships and left. Except for these guys. These guys just kind of hunkered down and go, I'm going to stay here for a while. Yeah. Okay. Well, that must be it. So not a very good episode. Not even a very good webisode. And uh, I don't think season 7B is off to a very good start. It was a crappy episode and I'm sorry I watched it and don't make me watch it again. Well, we don't have to. We're done talking about it. Um, like and I, ever. I mean, we're not going back to ever watch. I never want to see this again. No. Okay. Fair enough. Don't worry, man. Don't worry. Um, episode 10. This one's about Charlie. And uh, I must admit, Charlie's a character that's grown on me a little bit. Kind of like her. Not that we've really seen her much lately and she's never really had that big of a part on this show, except for her introduction when she killed Nick. Like that's right. a pretty big deal back in the day. Um, but just like the last episode, number nine, we are introduced to a new character with no context at all, really. I mean, maybe a little bit, but uh, not much. His name is Ali, and he's a 15-year-old kid who's trying to become one of Strand's rangers for the Tower community, and he's frustrated he isn't one yet. So what do they do? Well, Howard sends him on a mission to collect a rare butterfly. Uh -huh. Yes, yes, a mission to collect a butterfly. Yeah, in the so post-apocalyptic, post-nuclear detonation butterfly. Yes, for Strand, who living in this post-nuclear destruction zombie wasteland has a butterfly sanctuary. And I, you know, I'm all for it. I went to um, one of my uh, one of my fondest fondest memories as uh, performing as a clown was performing at the Butterfly Conservancy in uh, near Niagara Falls. Uh, yeah, and it was it was fantastic. We go into this building with all these butterflies and being dressed as a clown. Butterflies like you know bright colors. So I had butterflies landing on me left, right, and center, mm -hmm. and then people taking pictures because you know butterflies landing on my hand and my arms and stuff. Yeah, it was amazing. I love it. I've been there. It's a fun place. It is, it's a great place. I'll definitely go back. I won't be as colorful when I go back, but I'll definitely go back. You know, there's no reason you couldn't put on your clown outfit when you go. Uh, there is. There's like several reasons. One is I left it at the office of the company that I uh, I worked for. Uh, so it's, the costume is gone. Oh. Like it's like, it, it's gone. It's never coming back. I'm never seeing it again. I don't know what they do, did with it, but they probably threw it away. Second of all, I'm way fatter than I was back then. So <laughs> there is no way. And I don't want to see the costume again. Cause if I look at it, I'm going to be like, oh shit. You know, that's been a long, it's been too long. Just change and, your name to Chunko the Clown and you'll be fine. Well, I have to come up with a whole new outfit. Right. And me being, uh, yeah. And clowning is super dead. Like, uh, just in general, uh, people don't like clowns right now. No, I can see uh, yeah. why. And if I dressed up as a clown, it'd be like, oh, look, it's John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, yeah. So maybe no clowning for you. No, clowning has changed in the last couple of decades. Full white face, white face clowning, gone. Yeah. And that's what you did. And that's what I did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, that, never, 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 never. It was never. your career for a while. It's exciting. Anyways. 
butterfly mission. I just think this is so stupid. It's like filler and padding. It's like, my God, you're going to send a dude on a butterfly mission? Uh-huh. And I get it. It's not a huge part of this episode because while he's out on this mission is when Ali runs into Charlie and the bulk of the episode is about them doing stuff together and the relationship they form uh, and them double crossing each other and what she's doing there and all this kind of stuff. But the butterflies do come back at the end, you know, after they've fallen in love and he takes her into a room where he presumably has just let all strands butterflies out and they're flying around the room to impress her, which I have a number of problems with that as well, just because like, He's trying to impress Strand. I don't think Strand would want all his butterflies set free. That's probably not a good way to impress him. Well, you can't keep butterflies in jars either. I thought that I got the impression that this room was the butterfly room where, you know, where you could let all the butterflies out to do their butterfly things. Uh, Maybe. And I mean, that does play in a little bit when Charlie says that it sucks to keep them in jars. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they don't always keep them in the jars, but that sounds like a lot of work to let them out, then recapture them, put them in the jars. I don't know. Yeah. It's all so dumb. I would buy a squirrel collection more than I would buy this butterfly collection. You know, give give me a gray squirrel, you know, a fat gray squirrel and a skinny gray squirrel and a fat brown squirrel and a flat, fat black squirrel, you know, and you just get the, you know, uh, there's like what, three, four different kind of permutations and then you go man, male and female. So what's that? Uh, eight, 16. I mean, there's 16 red different squirrels, kinds of squirrels too, flying squirrels. Uh, well, not around here. I'm just thinking about locally. Right. But, uh, you know, maybe down there there's, you know, flying squirrels and stuff. So aren't all squirrels flying squirrels? Well, they can fall out of trees and be just fine. I don't know. They do not have a terminal velocity that would injure them, right? They can fall from any height. Any squirrel could fall from any height and be and land uninjured. So weird. It's, it's it's a squirrel thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's why I'm thinking, you know, squirrels. You know, collect squirrels. That'd be a whole lot better than, uh, you feed them nuts. It's the, and you know, if you get hungry, you can eat them because it's the meat that grows on trees. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's a metaphor, I guess. Those butterflies, right? How, at least the rare butterfly that he sends to find him. He's like, go find this super rare butterfly. It's really difficult Uh, just like becoming a ranger or surviving in the zombie apocalypse. Those things are hard too, you know? So if you can do that, maybe you can do this. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it'll take you all day. Right. He was gone, what, (laughs) 25 minutes and he found the thing? Yeah. I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah. There it is. On that stump over there. I'll get it. And I'll I'll just walk up and put a jar over it and then kill the zombie that's standing beside me. So. Yeah. Oh, it was so dumb. Um, He's also supposed to be out there proving himself, you know, what separates, oh, they use the word caterpillar, Jason, what separates the caterpillars from the butterflies, him becoming a ranger. So, uh, it was also dumb. You know, going from caterpillar to butterfly is really quite an amazing process, right? They completely liquefy. Like they don't just kind of start growing shit. Uh-huh. They like their entire bodies completely liquefy and then re-solidify into a different form. That's crazy, man. And they retain memories. Like they their brains completely turn to liquid and then they reform into uh, butterfly brains and they still retain memories. I don't know the details, but I do know that I read somewhere that uh, uh, butterflies will retain some memories from when they were caterpillars. That is it's, freaky. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And, uh, but sadly the butterfly stuff in this episode is not. So yeah, squirrel, squirrels don't do that. 
they don't liquefy. When they liquefy, they're not coming back. No, yeah, they uh, they tend to not do that. They do live together in uh, like they they hate squirrels. Generally, hate each other, uh-huh. except for when it's cold, and then they go into their uh, those big nest things that they have in the trees. Yes, uh, you you'll get like three or four or five squirrels living there at the same time in the winter. The ones that hate each other, that will chase each other around and, and get really pissed off at each other. When it gets cold, they just go fuck it, and they all kind of clump together for heat. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, no, squirrels are, they got their own thing going on, right? They sure do. So listen, uh, the bulk of this episode, though, is, like I said, Ali and Charlie out again on another mission. So he brings her back to the tower. They talk a little bit about it, and then... Howard sends them on a mission to retrieve, of all things, elevator parts because uh-huh. Strand's elevator isn't working. Oh, no. And I know. And this, like, I think this is the definition of a MacGuffin, something that drives the plot forward but is ultimately meaningless, right? Yeah, so they go to a bowling alley. So first they go to a bowling alley, yes. Because bowling alleys are known to have elevators. Yeah, well, right. Now, to be fair, they are hiding in there from the stalkers who are, are in the area. Uh, I think we're in the bowling alley before the stalkers came by. No, I think they saw them through a fence. They hid in the bowling alley and then didn't the stalkers show up outside the bowling alley? They do. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I'm still not sure why it looked like they were going to the bowling alley anyway. Okay. Whatever. They end up in the bowling alley. I mean, obviously the reason they're in this bowling alley is because that's where teenagers go on dates and that's where they kiss for the first time. And, oh God. Is that true still? <laughs> Actually, like, I don't know. I I can imagine that happening in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I used to love bowling. Sure. Uh, Bowling's fun. I don't think I've ever had a first date at a bowling alley necessarily, but you know, is that the kind of thing that kids do these days? Maybe. I don't do know. They still have bowling alleys. How hot can my voice get? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this is the kind of thing kids would do. They might go bowling, you know? It's very I, retro. It is very retro. Uh, do your and, kids know how to uh, score bowling? How to score what? bowling? Not like, do they actually know how to, you know, no. make, write the scores or it's all, have they ever gone bowling? Yes. A couple, a number of times, a few times okay, at least. So it's all electronic. They just, yeah. you know, numbers show up on screens and you go, hooray. Hooray. Exactly. They know what a turkey is. Uh, they know what a... Then probably not a turkey is, but they, they know some other bowling terms. All right. Yeah. I like bowling. It's fun. And anyways, that's, they end up here. This is not where they have their first kiss. That comes a little bit later. Uh, but they are in there. That's where things start to heat up a little bit. But here's the thing. Like Charlie at first, you know, says Morgan did not send her to, t- to the tower. And then she admits later on that he did. And her mission was to sort of get in and turn off that giant light that they have from the lighthouse so uh-huh. that the walker moat would disperse and I think uh-huh. make it easier for Morgan and his people to come to the tower. Um, I don't know what to believe really <laughs> anymore because at the end of the episode, she's in there and we got a whole other thing going on with her dying of radiation poisoning, uh-huh. which apparently she picked up in this building where they went to get the elevator parts. Right. Elevator radiation. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I'm a little bit all over the place here, but like, why did she get so doused with radiation? But Ali didn't. He was in the same building. Uh, yep. Doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, they said, uh, you know, when she got back, uh, they said, well, we got to check you out too. And he said, no. And that was the end of that. Right. So maybe he got dosed as well. 
I guess, but he's not collapsing and he's not, uh, he doesn't have burns all over himself. Maybe they're coming still. I don't know. Uh, it, well, he's dead now, so it doesn't matter, but, um, oh yeah, good point. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it affects different people, different ways. Maybe she got super close to the source of the radiation, which doesn't make any sense because you would have a, have to have a radiation source and there is no real source around here. It's just kind of background radiation everywhere. So yeah, it makes no sense. Well, listen, Richard on the internet, one of our listeners wrote in and he said this, right before Charlie passes out from radiation sickness, when talking to Ali about her clearing the room, didn't she point out that she used the Geiger counter to measure the radioactivity in the room and that it was okay to be in said room? Well, yes, she did. She said the scanners yep. are fine. Then all of a sudden, after her, uh, that's better than bowling moment, which is when they kissed, uh, she has passed out and apparently has been exposed to too much radiation. I saw the radiation burns on her skin when she was recovering in Strand's Tower and all, but is it possible that this is all a fake out by her and June to get Charlie on the inside like originally in, uh, planned? Maybe one of the reasons June pulled the whole I'm more important to Strand than you are speech. So is it possible yeah. that Charlie's not dying, that this whole radiation thing is fake to gain her access to the tower and um, become under the protection of June, who who said, you know, to Howard that she's more important to Strand than he is because she's a doctor. And that's probably true. Yeah, I, I would, uh, based on the evidence that, uh, that we've seen. Yes, absolutely. Right? Because I, I also think that if Charlie was going to die, they would have just done it in this episode. Like, why drag it out? You know, make... I was a little surprised that both Romeo and Juliet didn't die in this episode. Right, exactly. They're both supposed to die, but she didn't. She's still alive. She's just dying. And they went out of their way to tell us that she, you know, better make the most of every moment because it's not getting any better. But she didn't actually uh, die. So yeah, I think there might be something to this. I think this might be a ruse. Um, the other thing we found out is that uh, John Dory Sr. is kind of working an angle on the inside here too, right? He is really trying to get in good with Howard and get in good with Strand, who, like mm -hmm. you said, is not in the episode, but referred to a lot. So they're working on something. They're doing something here to take down, might be too strong a word, but whatever. Um, they've got a plan. And I wonder if this whole Charlie thing is now part of the plan. It might not have been originally, but June sees an opportunity to use her for something. Absolutely. Okay, so two things. One, I can confirm that kissing is better than bowling. Kissing better than bowling? Fair kissing enough. Kissing is be better than bowling. Can confirm. Uh, every time, all the time. Well, it's it's like pizza. Yeah. Even bad pizza is still good. Still pretty good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, not that I've had pizza in far too, far too long. Anyway... Uh, second thing is, uh, they did something in this episode that they never do in, uh, the walking dead, uh, ever, 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 ever. What's that? Explain what they're doing. John Dory seniors, after he did the thing where he was, uh, basically siding to get, you know, close to strand, he explains to June that, uh, I'm doing this thing to get close to strand. Like, holy shit. Did you just tell her what you were thinking? Doesn't that mean it's not going to work now? Because he, he told her the plan. Oh, I can't work. But 
the okay. fact that he, you know, there's actual lines of communication where people are telling them, telling other people what they're thinking and what they're doing and explaining things so that they don't get all mad and stuff and yeah. uh, create additional unnecessary drama. Mm-hmm. That's, that's crazy that's, that they did that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Can well, you imagine? Yeah. That, communicating with someone that you care about in order to, you know, not create unnecessary drama. Well, that's a thing that doesn't happen on TV very often, but here we are. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's good. But like you always say, if you tell someone the plan, it's not going to work. So I don't think things are going to go as maybe well as they think they are, but at least they're doing something. And I'm all in on this, like Charlie death fake. I, I think maybe she's going to be just fine. Yeah. I, uh, I'm tending to agree at this point. Yeah. Uh, I guess the final thing here is that they mentioned the crater again. Apparently Strand is sending his people to, uh, this crater for some reason. So he's going there as well. It's the center of everything. It's if you're, the, if, if you're going to have a nuclear explosion, uh, what you do is you just start sending people to ground zero. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I want to know why though. I want to know what this thing, how this thing is going to play into the rest of the story. Uh, because Did you know they've that, brought it up twice now. Did you know that, uh, you know, the Pentagon in the U S I'm aware of it. There's five sides. And then in the middle, there's like a courtyard. Yeah. In the middle of that, there's like this, uh, restaurant, little kind of restaurant thing to sell hot dogs and stuff. Do you know what that place is called? Uh, the, the hot dog Pentagon factory of joy. No, oh, it's called ground zero. Oh, cause it, if there's, cause there's probably a nuke aimed exactly for that place. Center of the Pentagon? You're goddamn right. They actually call it that? Yeah. that's Well, I don't know if that's the actual name, but everybody refers to it as uh, Ground Zero. <laughs> Man. <laughs> okay. As long as, well, like, I guess they're just being honest. That's Gallo's humor for you. It's like, you know that there is a goddamn nuke, like, probably many uh, aimed specifically for that exact spot. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably right. Uh... All right. Well, I mean, I don't know what else to, to really say about this episode. It's, it's the whole thing is ham fisted and weird. And again, did we learn anything new about Charlie? No, I do like the theory that she's not going to die, but it's, we learned her age. She's turning 13. Is that important? It's exactly the same age as, uh, uh Juliet. Who? Juliet from Romeo and Juliet. Oh, <laughs> she sorry. Was, she was not yet 13 was the, uh, how they described the, her age in the, in was, Romeo uh, was Romeo 15? Cause Ali is he 15. was a little, he was a little bit older. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, they're, this is, they're the exact ages of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty much what this was. I guess they are from two houses, the tower yeah, yeah. and two houses. Morgan. Yeah. Nobody said I bite my thumb at thee, sir, which I, which is a bit, which is a bit odd. Yeah. Because, you know, that's usually what I say when I want to insult, insult somebody. I bite my thumb at you. Mm -hmm. What? What? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> it's insulting. Yeah. According to Shakespeare. Fuck off. Yeah. I've got one more email here from Pam in Canberra, Australia. Pam says, we have just finished watching the second episode back for Fear the Walking Dead. And it is just so painful. It just gets worse and worse. Please, can someone tell me why they are all still hanging around a nuclear bomb site? Why don't they all get the hell out of there? And why doesn't Morgan, Alicia, etc., just leave Strand and go live somewhere else? Uh, well, there is nowhere else. This is our whole universe. This one building is the only place that it's possible to live in right. North America. 
that must be it. I don't know why, because she makes a good point. They could just up and leave. They don't need to go and deal with him at all in any way. Oh, yeah. And we saw the submarine. And uh, I, I just wanted to say that that was the most well theatrically lit submarine I've ever seen in my whole life. Like there was background lights in the rafters and stuff. Uh -huh. Like it just, it looked amazing. Like the lighting <laughs> of that submarine was absolutely amazing. The, uh, the, I assume it was a U.S. submarine from the U.S. Navy. Uh, they spent a lot of time, uh, I guess they, I have to assume that they do spend a lot of time theatrically lighting, uh, submarines to make them look fucking cool. Theater, man. You know, you know how theater works in the, the theatrical works in this universe. Cause if you're going to gram, uh, you know, 800 people into a, uh, a metal sausage skin for eight to 10 months at a time, you know, lighting is important, right? You want to look good. Yeah. And, uh, you really got to have more toilets than they probably have. They probably have one toilet per like 30 people. Uh huh. That's a, not enough toilets. I mean, for a submarine, you do what you, uh, you deal with what you have. I'm glad you mentioned the sub though, because, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, Dead in the Water is a thing that's out there as well. I've watched it. I don't think oh, you have. Yeah. No, I haven't. No, not yet. So we'll probably spend a minute on that at some point, uh, as well. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll just say right now, I didn't think it was great but I thought it was better than most of what Fear the Walking Dead has done lately. <laughs> so, yeah, these were the longest five-minute episodes that I've ever encountered. Yeah. Pretty, it was just, it was torturous. Pretty bad, pretty bad. So we'll we'll get to uh, Dead in the Water maybe in, in an upcoming week. It doesn't really play into any of this stuff. It's more of a prequel explaining, you know, what was happening with those guys on the sub. Oh, was the sub well lit? It was well lit, yeah. All right, okay, we'll talk about it. I'll uh, I'll watch it and pay attention to A, the lighting, and B, the number of toilets they show. Yeah, very good. You'll want to know that. There's Those are the most, two most important things about a submarine. Yeah, okay, well, good. I'll, I, I look for a future report on that from you. Uh-huh. All right, I'm going to play one here call uh, before, we, before we call it a night. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jason. This is Scott from Arkansas. It's been a long time since I've called you guys, so I figured that... I would call to uh, air my grievances of uh, Fear of the Walking Dead now that we've got uh, a new episode. Um, there's so much I could complain about this episode. It was so bad, but I'm just going to limit myself and just say canned haggis on grocery store shelves in the United States. That's such a complete load of shit. I don't think canned haggis is even a thing. And if it is, maybe they've got it in Scotland. But you're not going to see it anywhere for sale in grocery stores in the United States. So I don't know what the hell that was. And the other thing that I'll say is, you know, we've got another show that just debuted a new episode of the new season, uh, Better Call Saul. Why don't you guys cover that instead of Fear the Walking Dead? Because Fear the Walking Dead is so bad. And Better Call Saul is so good. Wouldn't we all just enjoy talking about that show more? Anyway, regardless of what you guys do, I'll keep listening to y'all and I'll keep enjoying the podcast. Just keep doing what you do. Bye. Thanks, Scott. He's not the only person that said, hey, why don't you talk about Better Call Saul? And oh, I'd love to talk. about. I haven't watched any of the latest season. Yeah. And, it, and it's the last season. Yeah. Uh, um, it is. Uh, you got to get, you got to watch it, man. I'm worried about the amount of content I'm seeing online about Better Call Saul. I know they're up, they're showing episodes week to week and I think I have to start watching it week to week. I was going to try and wait for the full season. 
but uh, I'm worried about the uh, the sheer volume of uh, shit that's going to be on the internet uh, yeah. that will that will blow it blow it for me. So I, I know what you I mean. Have I haven't started watching the new episodes yet either, but but uh, really really am looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it, it would be fun to talk about that, but I feel this weird responsibility, Jason, to to uh, you know at least provide some commentary on all walking dead things. It's kind of what we do. It is, you know, this is the life we chose. It's the life we chose, you know? Uh, so we're going to stick with fear and hopefully make it through alive. And when we come out the other end, it'll be time for tales of the walking dead. Mm -hmm. And I have a good feeling about that. So I, I think it's going to be fun to cover that this summer. Uh, and if there's any time in between, you know, maybe we can do something on, the end of Better Call Saul if we can both get around to watching it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I recently watched all of the, uh, you know, the Better Call Saul that was available in anticipation of this latest season. So, so you might uh, as well get on it, man. Uh, you know, we're, we're pretty early tonight. If we can wrap this up, maybe I'll, uh, I'll get on it. All right. Good night, everybody. We're done. <laughs> uh, what about canned haggis that Scott was mentioning? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can get anything in a can, but you have to order it online. I think there's a website called shit in a can or stuff in a can or whatever. <laughs> you can order like a hamburger in a can and you can order, uh, you know, you can get novelty crap in a can. And I think that haggis in a can kind of falls under, uh, novelty stuff in a can. So yeah, on grocery store shelves, I don't know. I've personally, you know, for someone who loves the bagpipes and has been to many Highland games over the years and have, uh, I've never had haggis. Have you ever had haggis? No, I have not. No. Uh, I think we need to have haggis, Chris. Okay. Uh, maybe I need to go to that shit in a can website and order some canned haggis and a canned hamburger. Cause why not? Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. So we haven't done a, a podcast taste test in a long time. So maybe it's time. All right. I'll see what I can do, but I absolutely agree that, uh, you're not finding haggis in a can. I mean, maybe a specialty shop somewhere, but it did seem funny. But it's I, like finding blood pudding. I mean, sure, it's it's something that's a staple uh, over in Europe, uh, but can you find, can you get, I, I know my local Loblaws does not have blood pudding. No, local local grocery store, not a thing, no. No. So, well. And I, I'm not sure I could bring myself to eat it. Just because of the if, word if blood you, in the name? Well, no, it's actual blood, right? Uh -huh. It's congealed blood that's sliced and fried, right? Like, so it's a thing. Uh, See, you know, I'll eat a sausage. No problem. You know, what is that? That's friggin' ground up beef and pork parts put into a goddamn tube and then fucking deliciously fried with onions and stuff. It's, yeah. it's great. <laughs> yeah. It sounds amazing. <laughs> but blood pudding, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure I would, that would be up my thing either, but. You've had kangaroo or not kangaroo, but, uh, uh. Yeah. I've had eaten horse, right? No, I've eaten kangaroo though. Okay. You've eaten kangaroo and you've eaten crocodile. No, I want to eat crocodile. Okay. So, the restaurant not, had that, but I chose the kangaroo. But not blood pudding. No. And not haggis. That's correct. Okay. All right. You know, it's good to know, you know, where that line is. We just need to find where the line is mm -hmm. so that we know. I'm still finding my line. Like there are things I would eat that I don't think other people would eat, but you know, whatever. We can start a food podcast some other day. I would try haggis. Yeah, me too. I would try haggis and I would try blood pudding, even though. It'd be hard. It'd, It'd be, be hard to do. It, you see, the, the thing about blood pudding is that it's not any, 
it, it's not a different animal than what I would normally eat, pig and pork or pig and, and beef and chicken and whatever. I think the blood is made from pig blood, I think. Uh-huh. I'm not really sure. Even if it's beef blood, whatever, it's still the same animal, right? I eat those animals, no problem. Yep. I, I like eating those animals, frying those animals and onions and uh, garlic and stuff. It's wonderful. So I would eat that. When we start going to kangaroo and crocodile and horse, that's where I, that's, that's, that's my line. That's where my line is. So that's why I'm thinking, uh, you know, I've eaten sheep, uh, you know, sheep stomach. Yeah. You know, stuffed with various odds and ends from sheep entrails, whatever. I'd eat that. I'd eat, uh, I'd eat blood pudding probably, but, uh, alligator, I'm not so sure. All right. Well, I would just like to apologize to all the vegetarians who listen to us because <laughs> this conversation has probably not been all that stimulating for you. Oh, I would eat carrots. Oh, you know, totally. I, I love carrots. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love mushrooms, like a good mushroom stew. That's good stuff. Okay. Well, there you go. So you're an equal opportunity eater. Yeah. If it grows on the ground or under the ground or, uh, you know, it eats food from the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to that. It was a little crazy. Um, we are going to continue covering fear. As I said, we're going to do two episodes at a time. So we'll have to wait till the next two are available before we record next. Uh, we got to watch more. Yeah. There's six more. Oh man. There's six more. Maybe it'll get better. It's not going to get better. You never know. You never know. As long as they don't keep doing these like one-off episodes where they introduce a new character just to kill them off, there's it has the possibility of getting better. So we're going to find out, Jason, and uh, we're then going to talk about it here so we can let everyone know what we think. All right. Do I have to be sober when I watch it? Not really. Okay. But it's been a long probably, time since I haven't been sober. You probably will be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, so that's, what's going to happen. Next two episodes of fear the walking dead are number 11 and 12 for season seven. So if you watch them and you have any thoughts, absolutely send them in and we'll get some more calls and feedback as we go mixed into these episodes. Before we wrap up, just a reminder that you can support us becoming a, by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the talking dead. And we have a new patron this week named Susan S who recently signed up at that URL to support the show. Thank you so much, Susan, for that. No Patreon prize-a-palooza this week, because that only goes along with the main show. That'll be coming back in the fall when the main show returns. Uh, but anyone who's a patron can get in on that and has have the chance to win sort of a prize pack for each episode. There's only eight left, and it's going to be exciting. Just so everyone knows, I have shipped all of the prizes for the second block of episodes for uh, season 11. So if you were one of the lucky winners, should be in your hands already, if not on the way. Um, I've shipped things everywhere from New Zealand to all over North America to the UK. So, And very few injuries were sustained while shipping them. Very few. That's right. Yeah, awesome. Not none, but very not few. <laughs> good stuff <laughs> yeah uh but that's patreon.com slash the talking dead to uh sign up there thanks so much to everyone who does all righty thanks for listening everyone if you want to get in touch with us you can visit the website at talkingdeadpodcast.com click on send voicemail at the top and you'll be able to record a message that will get sent right into us we love to get those 
You can also send your email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Talking Dead. Well, Jason, uh, I'm glad you're feeling better that the COVID is behind you mm-hmm. and uh, that you're vaccinated and all that, which I think helped you recover quicker. I hope and, so. And not get as sick. Um, and let's try not to get any more COVID in the, in the podcast family as we go forward. I'm not talking to people leaving the house or touching anything for their years. <laughs> for the rest of my life. All I right. Manage it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.